0: Welcome to Mark in the Wild, the podcast for people who live for their time outdoors, from hiking and biking to canoeing and kayaking, snowshoeing, skiing, camping, climbing, and more. If it takes you outside, into nature, into the woods, onto the water, it's fair game for this podcast. So please stay tuned for our next episode. Hey listeners, it's Mark in the Wild. Um, I haven't been posting too many podcasts lately because I've been caught up with the launch of my novel, Lobster Wars. So when I'm not podcasting, I'm writing, and I launched this novel a couple weeks ago, and it's doing really well, and it's kind of fun. It's a satire about what happens when reality television comes to a lobster fishing village in Maine. So what I thought I'd do today is read a few pages and give you some information about it, let you know where you can get it if you're interested, and just generally have some fun. Season 1, the finale. On-screen image. Long shot of a line of weather-beaten lobster boats chased by dipping banking seagulls as they steam out of the harbor into the cold sunrise. Dark green waves break over the boat's sharp bows. Red channel buoys rock and clang. Surf crashes on a rocky shoreline in the distance. Voiceover: It's late September on the coast of Maine. A high-pressure system has settled over New England, and the water temperature is dropping. For the lobstermen of tranquility, little time remains before the lobster migrate from the shallow inshore waters to the deeper ocean. Only days from now, the season will come to a close as the lobstermen race to haul their final traps, hoping to bank enough money to see themselves through Maine's long, cold winter. Cut to... Connor Nichols, a big man, faded yellow storm bibs over a gray hoodie, the suspenders stretched across his thick shoulders, steps out of the cramped wheelhouse of a lobster boat. He points a long-handled metal hook at a string of orange and black buoys marching off into the distance, bobbing and ducking on the green swells. Those aren't mine. Mine are red and white. Connor slams the boat hook against the wheelhouse and tosses it on the deck, scowls into the camera, bright blue eyes, black shadow of beard on a square chin. I set ten traps here yesterday, now they're gone, every single one, vanished. I'm running out of time, and they're still screwing with me. He steps back into the wheelhouse, puts the boat in gear, and begins to motor off. The worst part is, the money. Eighty bucks a trap, I'm out eight hundred dollars, which I don't have. Plus, ten fewer traps really cuts into my catch, even more money lost. Oh well, Connor shrugs, waves a hand at the gentle rollers, the craggy main shoreline. This is why I came back to Maine. It sure beats the hell out of spending your life chained to a desk way better. I love being on the water, and I like the work, even though it's hard. But it's tough to earn a living when the other guys are always messing with me. I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I didn't exactly grow up in a lobster fishing family. But I'm starting to get the hang of it. He pauses, stares into the camera. I've always liked a challenge. Cut to the deck of an old but neat gray boat riding the swells. Wade Baxter, heavy set. Orange bibs, tangled gray and brown beard, holds a huge, dripping lobster. Its giant claws snap and curl, while its tail tucks and curls. He cracks a yellowish smile. Ah, now there's a keeper. Probably go two, maybe three pounds. That makes about 900 pounds total. Not bad for late season. And the price has stayed up all summer, so I've managed to make a few bucks this year. That's my main impression. Wade drops the lobster into the large tank, baits the trap, and tosses it back into the water. Followed by an orange and black buoy. Lobster fishing's hard work, but I make it look easy because I've been at it most of my life. Not like some folks think they can just take a bunch of daddy's money and figure it out. There's no room here for outsiders, for rich boys wanting a hobby. Cut two. Connor leans over the side of the boat and snags the red and white lobster buoy with his boat hook. He loops the line over the block and then around the hauler, starts the hauler spinning and watches the line draw tight. He relaxes against the bait station, smiles into the camera. At least this string didn't disappear. But you only get 150 traps on a first-year license, and now I'm 10 traps short. No way I can cover my expenses without replacing them. The trap breaks the surface. Water cascades off its green wire frame. Connor frowns as he stops the hauler, grabs the trap, and heaves it onto the gunnel-mounted platform. Not again. Zoom in. A large, wet rock about the size of a melon. He pulls the rock from the trap and, with a flip of his wrist, lobs it into a round plastic tub with several others. Ah, the bait's gone, too. He quickly rebates, tosses the trap line and the red and white buoy over the side, grabs the wheel, throws the motor in gear, and moves into position for the next trap. Another big black rock flies into the tub. His blue eyes squint into the camera. Well, boys and girls, some of the other lobstermen are playing a little joke on good old Connor. I'm always up for a good prank, but it's time to put this to a stop. Cut to dock pilings, other lobster boats lined up in their slips, stern in. Steadicam follows as Connor heaves the rock-filled tub up onto the dock and jumps over. He motions towards the camera with one finger. Always remember, safety first. We're licensed professionals. Never try this at home. He grabs the rope handles and lifts the tub and makes his way down the dock. Seagulls pop off the pilings and wheel out of his way. Steadicam pans ahead to the gray-hulled sweet tail, tied in its slip. Cut to Connor drops the tub. Hey, Wade, you in there? Wade comes out of the small forward cabin. I'm busy, college boy. What do you want? With all your experience, I thought maybe you could give me some advice. Connor plucks a rock from the tub, holds it up. Does this look like a lobster to you? Wade snickers. Yeah, rock lobster. Much easier to catch than main lobster. Most rookies do real well with them. Boy, oh boy, that's for sure, because I caught about eight. What do you think they're worth? Connor shot puts the rock. Wade flinches as it barely clears the Sweet Tails wheelhouse, splashes into the harbor. Wade edges behind the lobster tank. No idea. Why don't you take them over to the co-op and ask them instead of wasting my time? Now there's a thought. I bet they'd just laugh at me and ask a bunch of stupid questions like, what did I use for bait? How long do you have to boil them? And how do they taste dipped in butter? Connor throws another rock. It just misses Wade's head as it sails over the cabin. Wade dives behind the lobster tank. Ah, you're effing crazy. But I find it interesting that rocks can't swim but they managed to get in my traps anyway. Being an expert and all, I thought maybe you could explain how that happened. Connor picks up another. But I can see you don't have much interest in helping me. Wade peeks out from behind the lobster tank. Careful you don't start something you can't finish. Don't worry, Wade. I plan on seeing this deal to the end. Connor sails the rock over the sweet tail. Wade ducks. Piss off. Stay away from my traps. Stay away from my boat. Stay away from me. Last warning. Connor picks up the tub and dumps the remaining rocks into the stern of the sweet tail. He turns to the camera and winks. Let's see if he gets the message. Cut to long shot of lobster boats chased by dipping, banking seagulls as they race towards the harbor and the red streaked sky of a setting sun. Voiceover: Will Connor, the rookie, the outsider, make it as a lobsterman? Will Wade and the other old timers back off? Join us next season for Lobster Wars, reality TV's hottest new show. Connor watched from the back of the room, leaning against the wall, hand wrapped around a beer, wondering if he was going to have to fight his way out. One week until Christmas, and almost the entire town of Tranquility had crowded into the Elks Lodge to watch the season finale of Lobster Wars. He wasn't particularly worried about the shopkeepers, real estate agents, bankers, or the old retired couple who owned the town's four B&Bs. It was Wade and the other lobstermen, The same guys who had fucked with him all summer were now jammed up against the bar, congratulating themselves and pounding down shots of whiskey with beer chasers. Connor knew a volatile situation when it was staring him in the face. But Phil Pratt, Tranquility's first selectman, local muckety-muck businessman, and the prime motivator behind the show, had insisted he attend. And now here he was, questioning his own judgment for accepting the invitation. Everyone in Tranquility knew everyone's business, or at least thought they did the way it is in a small town. So when Connor moved there last spring and bought a lobster boat, word spread. Several months before the season started, Phil came to him about the TV show. Of course, Connor had already heard about the show from practically everyone in town. They were rabid over the opportunity. Phil sat in the cramped kitchen of Connor's trailer and with a straight face called it an important documentary about life in a small lobster fishing village and how the good people of Tranquility had an obligation— Almost a patriotic duty to help these TV folks record a sacred way of life, especially the new people, like Connor. Phil had slid the production company release across the table and offered his pen. They plan to start production in June, so just sign and date. It means a lot. Connor fingered the document. What's in it for me? Uh, what do you mean? The last new boat in Tranquility sunk after two weeks. Word around town is that the other lobstermen aren't too happy about my plans to fish. I might have heard that too, Phil shrugged, but them boys is just cranky. doesn't mean anything. I'm not looking for trouble. I bet if the first selectman really wanted this TV thing to go forward, he could have a friendly chat with the other lobstermen and convince them not to screw with me when the season starts. Connor picked up the pen. You know, for the good of the town. I don't know, them boys is a hard bunch. I don't have much sway with them. Phil looked like he was going to cry. But I guess I could talk to him. The concept's simple. Go along, get along. I'll try my best. Promise? No problems? No pushback? Connor uncapped the pen. Phil held up his hands in surrender. Okay, okay. Then we've got a deal. Connor scribbled his name on the release. That's all I'm going to read. If you find it interesting, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, in your local independent bookstore. It's called Lobster Wars by Mark E. Green, G-R-E-E-N-E, also known as Mark in the Wild. And if you buy it and you read it, I'd love to hear from you and let me know what you think. Take care.